When you listen to the Terry and Jesse show, you're going to get full gospel, Bible-believing, born-again, spirit-filled, evangelical, orthodox, Catholic Christianity. We are both washed and empowered by the blood of Jesus. And whatever you hear here is going to be devil-destroying theology. I'm on duty. Terry, what about you, my friend? I always have love having the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ with anyone who will listen. And I thank our listeners for joining us in this hour of power. Just today's topic, it hurts me to have to say this, and that is uh, the interview um, that Pope Francis did saying that homosexuality is not a crime in an interview with Associated Press. I'm going to start using the word homosexuality and replace it with sodomy. Uh, it's not, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to pray for his conversion, too. I, I mean that. I'm praying every day that the Pope will confirm us in our faith because this is the kind of stuff— that does just the opposite, and it brings about a lot of confusion. Also, one other person I'm praying for, he's a big, a big priest in the, in the church, Father James Martin, Jesuit, who's just going around and misleading people about homosexuality. And um, we, need to, uh, we need to pray for his conversion also. But, Jesse, I wanted to say that I've got some good news here in California. It's going to shock you. Yeah. Uh, our governor is upset because a California judge blocked a law that he was trying to penalize doctors for spreading misinformation or disinformation about COVID-19. Uh, and what's neat about it is this was an attempt to uh, silence doctors who have a different viewpoint on COVID-19 that uh, is out there. And I think the governor, is a picture here, he's just upset at the, uh, the judge saying you can't do that. Uh, it's a free speech thing. So I think we finally won a victory here in California. Also, my other good news story, um, and I think it's a good news story. I just wish he would have done it a lot long, a long time ago, not even had these senatorial councils. Pope forbid the permanent senatorial council in Germany while Bishop's Conference president remains defiant. So now the Holy Father is saying, hey, you guys are, you can't change t doctrine. But here's my only point, Jesse. Don't let the Senate uh, councils go on because this is exactly when you have majority rules. It's like it's like voting for your president. Uh, who's going to get the most votes? It has nothing to do with objective truth. So I, I applaud the Holy Father telling the German bishops that you can't do this. But uh, I could have told them a long years ago that this approach, the Anglicans tried it and it destroyed their church. So uh, at least he's stopping them from going forward on that. Any other good-to-know file information, Jess? Yeah, there are a couple of other need-to-know files. Nigerian Catholics are being persecuted right now. At least 11 people, most of them Catholics, were killed January 19th when alleged Fulani herdsmen attacked a village near a refugee camp in Nigeria's Makurdi Diocese. The attack was horrifying, said Father Moses um, Andovar, the diocese vicar, adding that not even ISIS is capable of such brutality. Yeah. Also... Elon Musk on Saturday reported that he had an adverse reaction to a COVID booster. He said, I had, I had major side effects from my second booster shot. Yep. Felt like I was dying for several days. Hopefully no permanent damage, but I don't know. And my cousin, who's young and in peak health, had a serious case of myocarditis. Of course. Also, an ex-gay, uh, this is from LifeSite News. I'm just reading the exact article the way it says it. It says, ex-gay threatened with jail time. Yep. Fines for testifying about leaving homosexuality. That's right. He, uh, he said this, this ex-homosexual said, anyone 
who cares about freedom of speech should be alarmed by what is happening to me. If it happens to me in Malta, I assure you that it will soon be happening in other countries across the world. Well said. This Christian charity worker, Matthew Gretsch, he said, uh, after a Christian charity worker walked away from, from homosexuality following his conversion to Christ, he offered his powerful testimony on radio, and guess what? Law enforcement threatened him with possible jail time in Malta, of all places, and a stiff fine for allegedly breaching his country's law banning LGBT conversion practices. And finally, Bill Gates admits that COVID shots don't prevent yeah, infection. That. Yep. He says they don't work against new variants nope. and they don't protect. Bill Gates, one of the most prominent financial sponsors of vaccine development in the world and production, mm-hmm. admitted that the COVID injections do not prevent infections, don't work against new variants, and therefore do not sufficiently protect the elderly. Okay, <laughs> just just remember what Terry and me are always saying. Yep. Follow the money. Exactly. Okay, these groups are funded by Bill Gates' obsession yep. with global health. Yeah, well said, Jesse, and, and so much more. I just want to give one more. This is why this topic of homosexuality needs to be addressed by our church leaders in a biblical worldview rather than a worldly view. We'll talk more about that, but another alarming video showing non-binary teacher grooming four- and five-year-olds with gender ideology here in Nashville, Tennessee, and then also in Madison, Wisconsin, another one. They're really going after the children to tell them uh, errors about their sexuality. And uh, it seems to me if the church won't stand up, who will? That's why we stand up, because we know we have a moral obligation to to teach people the truth about the meaning and purpose of life. Which is to know, love, and serve God, and to spend all eternity with Him in the next. That's what another or G.K. Chesterton said it better. He simpler. We're here to get out of here. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> Pretty simple. Let's hey, soul food bo- today. Yeah, soul food, brother. Uh, <laughs> Gospel of Mark, chapter four, verses twenty-one and following. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Mm. Jesus said to his disciples. By the way, the the word disciple means a student of the master in Greek. That's what it means. Is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed and not to be placed on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is is secret except to come to light. Anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. He also told them, take care what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, and still more will be given to you. To the one who has, more will be given. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What's interesting here, Terry, is that a lot of people listen to things that are just detrimental to the Catholic faith. Jesus here is talking about listening, listening, watch what you listen to. Most people don't realize that 95% of the media is owned by six billionaires. I'm going to repeat that again. It says a microphone. Is this microphone on? Let me see. Yeah. One more time. Six billionaires own 95% of the media. Is it a wonder that Jesus is warning us here about what we listen to, about what we look at? The sense of sight and the sense of hearing, once again, because uh, truth be told, uh, 
the, the devil's in the details. The devil owns most of the media right now. And what I mean by that is these secular humanists who are Luciferian. Also in today's parable, our Lord is also talking to us about the mystery of the kingdom of God. It, it's temporarily hidden and it's, uh, it's, it's in secret in these parables. But the true meaning will eventually become manifest and come to light. Specifically when? At the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's when everything is going out. to be as clear yeah. as, you know, as, as, as the nose on your face, Terry. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's just how it works. And I think if we actually knew that, we would change the way we're thinking and the way we act. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but, uh, but people, again, they're just, they're, they're, they have intellectual blindness. Yeah. And the, and the devil's behind it. Second Corinthians 4, 4, the devil causes intellectual blindness. And guess what? It seems to be working right now, Terry. You know, Jesse, another situation is, is that a worldly, a worldly view versus a biblical worldview is just night and day difference. And I think that this is why the church right now needs to have that biblical worldview to show people that life is short and eternity is forever. Because every time... We are with the world on our posi- on our positions, whether it's homosexuality or contraception or our same-sex marriage, all these things. It's a worldly view, and we gotta, we got to have the biblical worldview. That's all right, let's, right. let's bring the smartest guy into the room. <clears throat> Bishop Sheen, please. Full Sheen. Right yeah, see, this is probably the famous, most famous uh, comment by Bishop Sheen uh, regarding apologetics. You quoted it ever since I met you, brother. He said, there are not 100 people in the United States who hate the Catholic Church, but there are millions who hate what they wrongly perceive the Catholic Church to be. I just want to give a comment on that because clarity is welcomed everywhere. And right now, we have priests, we have uh, individuals in the church who are not carrying the company line. And so many people, I've talked to my Protestant friends, and they're like, what's going on with your church? I thought you guys believed X, Y, and Z. And we hear these priests, we hear bishops, we even hear the Pope say things that seem like they're not consistent with what you guys thought. I said, well, that's why we're praying for our leaders in our church, because there are a lot of people who do not have a clear understanding, and they're even Catholics, about what we actually teach. So I just think it's important that we do that. One more quick note, Jesse. One of our young men that work here, Anthony, has one of his friends was down in Monterey Park <clears throat> over the weekend because of the shootings. And uh, Vice President uh, was there, Kamala Harris, and uh, this young man was there and said to her and confronted her, stop the killing of unborn babies and these shootings will stop. (laughs) And I thought, wow, young man, if you or I would have said it, Jess, you're an old dude. I'm an old guy. Young teenager says, stop the killing of unborn babies and we'll stop the, because if life is not valuable in the womb, it won't be valuable outside the womb. Well said, young man. We need more guys like that, Jess. Hey, when we come back, let's talk about that interview with Association, Associated Press with Pope Francis. And let's pull it apart and see how we can yeah. actually help Pope Francis confirm us in our faith rather than take us away from our faith. Stay with us, family. I'll tell you what. Whew. Hey, I'll tell you, you know what you're going to get here? You're going to get full gospel, Bible-believing, right. power-preaching, fullness, uh, fullness of truth, evangelical, devil-destroying theology programming here on Virgin Hills Park Radio. Brother. You got it. Pope Francis says 
homosexuality is not a crime in an interview with the Associated Press. So in this interview conducted by the AP, Pope Francis has once again, uh, again issued brief confusing comments on the issue of homosexuality, which seem to firmly contradict the Catholic Church's teaching through the centuries. Here's what he said, quote, Pope Francis said this, being homosexual is not a crime, but it's a sin, close quote. I just have a comment on that. Now, he's wrong. The act of homosexuality uh, is a sin. Okay, he admits that. The person is not a sin. He's a sinner. Good distinction. Yeah, the person is not a sin. Yep. He's a sinner. That's right. Being homosexual, by the way, Terry, it's a crime in Islam. Oh, <laughs> I just yeah. want to mention, it's a death penalty offense in the Quran. And I just want to mention that they, have to be the, they happen to be the largest religion in the world. And the Pope wrote an encyclical a while back ago to Muslims. He calls them my brothers. Mm-hmm. So if, if he's calling Islam my brothers and Islam sanctions the killing of homosexuals, there's a conflict there. Also, every time Pope Francis comes in contact with Muslim leaders, <clears throat> um, he bows down and kisses her feet. So uh, there's, here's something confusing in my mind. They teach that killing homosexuals is, is okay, according to the Quran. And Pope Francis kisses their feet, the leaders, when he sees them. Mm-hmm. I mean, my head is spinning, Terry. My head yeah, is blowing is up. I know. What is it? Yeah. Are they killers? Yeah. Or should we, or, or are they our brothers, the Muslims who kill homosexuals uh, according to Quranic law? The article says, the AP wrote that Francis acknowledged some Catholic bishops support laws that criminalize homosexuality or discriminate against the LGBTQ community. But the Pope reportedly styled such positions as stemming from cultural backgrounds. Well, let me just make a little addition here. It comes from the Quran, which is the holy book for 1.7 billion Muslims. The article says, bishops in particular, the Pope said, need to undergo a process of change to recognize the dignity of everyone. This was Pope Francis to the AP. Mm-hmm. Well, my comment, according to Catholic teaching, we receive our dignity from being human persons made in the image and likeness of God. Exactly. We don't receive our dignity from being sodomized. Exactly. We don't, we don't receive our dignity from being fornicators exactly. or from robbing or from being alcoholics or drug addicts. Our dignity does not come from our sin, Terry. It comes from being created by God. That's, comment? Well, no, comment. Amen, 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 <laughs> I say unto you. Yeah, of course. But you know what, Jesse? This is why I want to pray for Pope Francis because his thinking is not Catholic. I'm just saying his process is more of feelings rather than objective truth. Yes. You know, what we've been revealed, what God has revealed to us through a biblical worldview. And so many of his situations, we'll go on on the, on the, on the uh, article, but you remember a year or two ago when he, he, had, uh, he welcomed a same-sex couple at the Vatican? There's Not, pictures of it. Yes, of course, I got it. I mean, and, and see, the point of it is, is a world biblical view, you wouldn't do that. You would— you know, show them the gospel and say, repent and believe in the gospel. And and again, Jesse, what this does, in my opinion, and we'll get back to the article, is it gives my friends, and I have friends who have same-sex attraction, who tell me this. They went to uh, throughout my own Southern California diocese here of L.A., all the homosexual meetings at the Catholic churches, and he said, I wanted to see if any of them 
would be open to chastity, which is 23, uh, the catechism, I should say, 2357 for three of those. That's where it teaches this. So, but he said he found none. So one of my point is, is that it's not, uh, it's not hard to imagine that same-sex couples, so to speak, are not committing sodomy because that's what they do. And so for us to stay quiet on this and, not, and to give them protection for living a lifestyle that's going to send them right to hell, that's not mercy. That's not love. You know what that is? That's an abuse of power. Terry, also something that most people don't, it's, it's just not very, uh, uh, it's not very politically correct to point out that, that? Uh, one out of seven homosexuals had fewer than 50 partners. That's a fact. W- which means six out of seven homosexuals have had over 50 sexual partners <laughs> in their lifetime. And 99% of male homosexuals uh, have had sex with complete strangers. And Jesse, this is a family show, but the point of what sodomy does to the human body on the physical uh, capacity, we've covered this before. It's not made to work that way, okay? So it affects the, uh, the physical aspects of a person in a very derogatory, very bad way to its sickness. But most importantly, it ruins their soul because it dampens their soul with mortal sin if, if they have objectively done doing this. And if they think that this is okay because a priest, a bishop, or a pope has said it's okay. Uh, you know what, Jess? My understanding of the Catholic faith says everyone who's approving this is participating in that sin. Absolutely. Just to make it make it brief. Uh, so what is the, the act of sodomy? What does it bring about? Ugh. Higher rates of anal cancer. That's right. Higher rates of, uh, of, of other cancers and STDs. That's right. Uh, Monkeypox, uh, AIDS. It's, it's a statistical fact that People that practice a homosexual lifestyle, they uh, they live shorter lives, uh, sure. shorter lifespans. They have clinical depression That's at fine. higher rates. They have drug and alcohol abuse at higher rates than heterosexuals. So back to the article. Please do it. These bishops have to, Pro Francis says, these bishops have to have a process of conversion calling for really? tenderness, please, as God has for each one of us. Going further, the 86-year-old pope called any laws which criminalize homosexuality unjust adding that the Catholic Church must be involved in ending such laws. It must do this. It, it, it must do this, it's stated. Uh, here's, here's, well, what's interesting, uh, good luck in changing the Quran. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah good luck in changing... Uh, the, that's not going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Also, I will mention that the Third Lateran Council in 1179 AD... That's right. Catholic excommunicated yeah. anyone who acts against the, against the Council's decree, uh, you know, regarding... Uh, uh, unnatural sex sodomy. Yeah. Going back to the article, being homosexual is not a crime. Francis said before continuing, it's not a crime. Yes, but it's a sin. Fine. But first let's distinguish between a sin and a crime. Immediately following this, Francis added that it is also a, t- a sin to lack charity with one another. Again, I would just that's false I, I charity. Comments, that's false. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Expanding on his comments on, on LGBT identifying individuals, Francis declared that we are all children of God and loves us as we are, and for the strength that each of us each of us fights for our dignity. Yeah. It's true that God loves us how we are, but he loves us too much to allow us that's to stay the that Scott way. Scott Hahn, remember the Scott Hahn line. Absolutely. And Jesse, this is what bothers me. The explanation for the collapse of Catholic belief and practice is captured in one papal utterance. God loves us as we are. No, Jesse, 
He loves us so much he wants us to be converted to him holy. and have our will, our will conform to his yeah. will. And so when you say that God loves us as we are, to me, that's baloney because God's calling everyone to union with him. And so when you say that, to me, that's, that's a worldly view, even using God. God, look, because you know what? We all go to heaven. See, that kind of mentality says there's no judgment. There's no heaven, hell. It's just that you're going to get there, whatever. Don't worry about it. See, this is false compassion. And remember what I said the other day, Jesse. You cannot have love at the expense of truth. See, that's what you're trying to do right now. These people are, no, they don't have love, Jesse. They actually are trying to say that they have love, but it's not the truth about homosexuality is not the truth. The truth is a marriage is between a man and a woman. End of story. Terry, the, the, the scripture actually contradicts what Pope Francis says. Exactly. It's it not says a here, in, 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 yeah, so it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, it says this. Mm-hmm. For this is the will of God, yeah, your sanctification. Your sanctification. Some translations say your holiness. Time. Yep. And then right after that, it says, St. Paul says, that each of you, that you may abstain from immorality. Yeah. What's he talking about? He's talking about sexual of immorality. he's talking about. So, so, first God calls us to holiness, and right after that, he says, and you have to abstain from sexual immorality. Right after that, sodomy is sexual immorality. Hey, by the way, n- newsflash, even if you're heterosexual, you say, well, I don't sodomize um, uh, 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 you know, man, man, I'm not a homosexual. I sodomize my wife. Guess what, dude? You better go to confession, knock it off. That's a mortal sin. Yep. Sodomy is not allowed in any context according to Scripture because it's unnatural and it's uh, it's damaging spiritually to your soul and damaging physically to your wife, by the way. And exactly. And Jesse, just so we are on the same page, that I'm not picking on people who have same sex attraction. Heterosexual guys like us okay, are called to chastity even among marriage. In other words, Jess has Anita. I have my wife, Mary Danielle. That means I don't have relations with any other woman. I'm chased to her. Now, single guys, same thing. So we're all on the same playing field, Jess. We're all called to be chased. That's the point. says here in the article, Francis comments were perhaps predictably praised by notorious LGBT advocate Father James Martin, who called the interview an immense step forward. His opinion was not universally shared, however, in a statement provided to Lysite News. A Dominican theologian commented that while not all sins should be made into crimes, Christian nations have generally treated homosexual activity as something harmful to society. That's right. Which therefore needed to be declared illegal. Let mm-hmm. me make a comment there. Yeah, please. Paragraph 1867. These are, these are called the super mortal sins. Or in the, cat, in the catechetical tradition, it's called... The four sins that cry to heaven. In other words, these are the, these are mortal sins on steroids. Uh, the first one is the blood of Abel, which means killing an innocent person. Number two, the sin of the sodomites. So sodomy is one of the four sins that cry to heaven. One of the four super sins on steroid. That's the catechetical tradition. Also, Terry, uh, imprecise language is also dangerous. Pope Francis called every. He says we are all children of God. And God loves us as we are. Well, that's imprecise language because according to Catholic theology, only the baptized are children of God. That's right. The unbaptized uh, origin said are children of God, but only on a natural level. The baptized are children of God on a supernatural level. In other words, the the unbaptized are, are children of God 
only through Adam, through the Adamic nature. But baptism makes us supernatural children of God under Christ. And so just to throw that line out there, we're all children of God, Terry, that's imprecise theology. And you know, Jesse, this has been one of the problems, I say, for 60 years, imprecise um, statements about the Catholic faith. This is why bringing back St. Thomas Aquinas, the Summa, is so necessary for the Holy Mother of the Church. And now, in 1993, when Pope John Paul II wrote that document, Veritatis Splendor, he used Thomistic philosophy on this moral teachings. Well, he had, this, he, had a PhD, he had a PhD in Thomas philosophy. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Hey, when we From come back... From Lagrange. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When we come back, we'll continue on our conversation regarding what the Church actually teaches about homosexuality. And uh, we're going to go back to a Cardinal... Uh, that's a good comment back in 1986, and they need to hear that. Stay with us, man. Hey, Jess, this is amazing. I never thought I, in my life of 60-some years that I'd be having to address the vigor of Christ. Uh, he don't, even though he doesn't want to be called vigor of Christ anymore, I, I got that. But yeah. the Pope and saying things that are just so contrary to the perennial teachings of the church that out of charity, and I keep saying it's charity, Jess, we have no vindictiveness. Are you kidding me? We want salvation of souls. That's what the church is all about. And when people in the church don't put that as a top priority and start teaching things that are worldly, what are you going to do, sit down and do nothing? No, we're going to pray and make reparation, and we're going to call them out. If the A team's not doing their job, yeah. then the B team has to step in according go. to the, according to the catechism, paragraph nine oh seven, and canon two hundred twelve. And we are definitely a, 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 a C team or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the article says uh, talks about the rules that were written uh, yeah. in a nineteen seventy five document. The Holy Father's statements, while brief in the AP report, come into conflict with certain key points of Catholic teaching. They do. The Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith's 1975 document, uh, Persona Humani, Humana, reads, quote, There can be no true promotion of man's dignity unless the essential order of his nature is respected. See, that just answers what Pope Francis says, God loves us as we are. See, no. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Terry, so Pope Francis is pitting his papacy and his oh, yeah. intellect against two popes. John St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI. He, he is. Yeah. Okay? The, the Pope Francis, his comments on homosexuality are in conflict with Pope Benedict that's, and John Paul II. That's a fact, Jesse. Yeah, so it says, under Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger in 1986, this is an important one, the CDS, CDF then issued a document instructing bishops on the pastoral care of homosexual persons. The CDF admonished bishops to ensure they and any pastoral program in the diocese are clearly stating that homosexual activity is immoral. Hey, Jesse, was Pope Francis a bishop in 1986? I'm wondering if he got that memo. <laughs> Go ahead, Jess. That's a joke. Yeah. Uh, there's also kind of a sidebar. A Belgium, a Belgium bishop claims Pope Francis approves of blessing ceremony I know, I remember for homosexual that. Exactly. couples. See, that's, that's the impression that's you get when you're ambiguous. Keep going. Yeah. Such an authentic pastoral approach would assist homosexual persons at all levels of the spiritual life through the sacraments, and in particular through the frequent and sincere use of the sacrament of reconciliation through prayer, witness, counsel, and individual care. That sounds like stated, Catholicism. Yeah, stated the CDF document. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds like traditional Catholicism. Yeah, the instruction also added, but we the, the CDF document, yeah. but we wish to make it clear 
that departure from the church's teaching or silence about it in an effort to provide pastoral care is neither caring nor pastoral. Time out. Oh. Time out. Yeah, That's what Pope Francis is doing, Jesse. Continue, please. Only what is true can ultimately be pastoral. See, that's it. Pastoral. The neglect of the church's position prevents homosexual men and women from receiving the care they need and deserve. See, if you really love somebody, Jesse, you tell them the truth. And I'm, I, I say that to the Holy Father, to myself, to you. We need to, because it's the truth that sets us free. Continue, Jess. Yeah, Mother Angelica says, somebody that tells you the truth loves you, that somebody that does not tell you the truth does not love you. I, I agree with that. Therefore, the special concern and pastoral attention should be directed to those who have this condition, lest they be led to believe that living out of this orientation in homosexual activity is a morally acceptable option. It is not. Well, you know, see, Jesse, that's how clear the church teachings were there. There was no ambiguity. That's John Paul II and Ratzinger. Thank you. And see, this is what we're missing right now. Clarity. The saints and fathers of the church are also equally explicit in their call for public action to be taken against acts of homosexuality. Yeah. No No matter whether the acts themselves were private, the saints' writings, though often misquoted by modern society, do not call for punishment for the mere temptation of homosexuality, nope. which one might experience, but rather for homosexual action. That's the distinction you make. This forms a basis for what the CDF wrote in 1986, namely, quote, that a homosexual inclination is not a sin in itself, but is nevertheless a more or less strong tendency ordered towards an intrinsic moral evil. And thus the inclination itself must be seen as an objective disorder. Yep. By the way, another sidebar, Pope Francis is encouraging dissident bishops to spread error and sinful teaching. In his Summa Theologica, St. Thomas Aquinas writes that the acts of homosexuality are among the most weighty and thus the worst, the worst kind of all sins of lust, styling it the unnatural vice. St. Thomas writes, Therefore, since by unnatural vices, man transgresses, that which has been determined by nature with regard to the use of venereal actions. It follows that in this matter, this sin is the gravest of all. The saint adds that homosexual acts are a violation of natural reason, while other immoral sexual actions imply a transgression merely of that, what is, of that which is determined by right reason. Aquinas drew from St. Augustine's Confessions highlighting that through, August, through Augustine, the church had defended the state's rights to punish homosexual acts. This was back in the 4th century. Yep. Aquinas quotes St. Augustine thus, saying, and by the way, the only people that hold to that are Islam. Islam listens to Augustine now, by the way. Isn't that uh, ironic? Yeah, on that, yeah, isn't that ironic? Those foul offenses, writes Augustine, that are against nature should be everywhere and at all times detested and punished such as were those of the people of Sodom, which, which, would, which should all nations commit, they should all stand guilty of the same crime by the law of God, which hath not so made men that they should so abuse one another. For even that very intercourse, which should be between God and us is violated, when that same nature of which he is the author is polluted by the perversity of lust. You also have another doctor of the church, St. Peter Damien. Oh, boy. In his book, uh, Liber Gamorhinius, addressed to Pope Leo IX, advocated for public punishment for acts of homosexuality. He wrote that regarding clerics, any monks 
who practice such acts should be removed in all ways from his office. Terry, if we would implement that right now, I would say half, at least half of the clergy and bishops in the Catholic Church would be uh, laicized. Well, think about it, Jesse. We live in America with 340 million people. Right now, we have 110 million people with sexually transmitted diseases that you and I pay for those folks with their medical costs. It's a very expensive $16 billion a year is paid out to help those people stay alive because of this transmitted, sexually transmitted yeah. disease. So we need clarity. And it was Pope Pius V right after the Council of Trent, Jesse. It's not in this article, but I read this another place. He also said very similar things about sodomy right after the Council of Trent. And so, you know, for, for hundreds of years, the church has been very strong in condemning this for a very good reason. That's right. There's a picture here in the article, the LifeSite article here. Uh, there's a transgender women meeting with Pope Francis on June, yeah. June 22nd, 2022. And, and as I look at this picture, what type of message does this send to Catholics exactly. throughout the world? Jesse, if you were a homosexual, think about what you just said. And you have, you have, you have, you have tendencies to act on these. And you think, well, you know what? I, 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 read, I read the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 2357. Okay, I got that. I've got to be chased. Okay, fine. But then I see that the Pope is saying these things now. You know, we usually go the easy way out, Jess. I could yeah. see thousands of men oh, gosh. saying, hey, I'm going to let my feelings run my life because yep. the Pope said it's okay. That's serious that's, matter. That's right. Um, uh, just as uh, St. Basil establishes that those who incur sins yes. should be subjected not only to a hard penance, but a public one. And Pope Sericius prohibits penitents from entering clerical orders. One can clearly deduce that he who corrupts himself with a man through the ignominious squalor of a filthy union does not deserve to exercise ecclesiastical That's functions right. since those who were formerly given to vices become unfit to administer the sacraments. Another sidebar, Pope Francis' promotion of homosexual civil unions is a flagrant betrayal. That's mm. another LifeSite article there. St. Peter Damien himself drew from the early church father, St. Basil of Caesarea, who also outlined retributions for homosexual acts. Uh, St. Basil stipulated that any cleric or monk who abused adolescents or children or is caught kissing or committing some, some turpitude, let him be whipped in public. Wow. This is in 11th century. This is yeah. a doctor of the church. Deprived of his crown, and after having his head shaved, let his face be covered with spittle and bound in iron chains. Condemned to six months in prison, reduced to eating rye once a day and in the uh. evening three and in the evening three times per week. After these six months, living in a separate cell under the custody of a wise elder with great, great spiritual experience, let him be subjected to prayers, vigils, and manual work. Always under the guard of two spiritual brothers. That's love. Without without being allowed to have any relationship with young people, Terry. That's love. If if, if the USCCB would have implemented this in two thousand and two, we wouldn't have had the problems that we had after two thousand and two. Well, let me just say, in nineteen sixty one, Pope John the twenty third made a strong statement. We, Father, uh, um, who was just telling me that the other day? I can't remember, but I've read this before. And, it's on the internet. Yeah. The oh, Father Chad Ripperger, in one of his presentations, he referred yeah. to it, that John Paul XXIII uh, said, you should not be ordaining anybody who has a tendency toward homosexuality. And that was 1961. So yep. things, 
Things have been consistent through the church until recently, Jess. Yeah. Another early church father and contemporary St. Basil, St. John Chrysostom, echoed this call for some early punishment for such actions of sodomy. And in his commentary on St. Paul's epistle to the Romans, St. John Chrysostom writes about homosexuals, quote, So I say to you that you are even worse than murderers, and that it would be better to die than to live in such dishonor. A murder only separates the soul from the body, whereas these destroy the soul inside the body. Yes. And also in the first letter to the Corinthians, St. Paul states that homosexual actions are sinful, explaining that neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers will inherit the kingdom of God. But rather, according to his letter to the Romans, those who practice homosexuality will <coughs> receive in their own persons the due penalty for their error. All I can tell you is this, in my summation, Pope Francis seems to be at odds with sacred of scripture, course. sacred tradition, and the eternal magisterium on this topic. I think you're absolutely right, and that's why we need to tonight pray our, fam- our family rosary is going to be offered for Pope Francis, which it always is. And I, I say this not in vindictiveness, out of love, because... He's the vicar of Christ, whether he likes it or not, in the sense that that's the role of the Pope. And for him not to be clear on this doesn't look good for him. So we need to pray and make reparation for all our church leaders. Tonight from 7 to 9, we'll be in church praying on our knees before the Blessed Sacrament for our leaders in our church. You think it needs it? Yeah. And we come back, another priest, Father James Martin. What's going on with him? And how can we convert him back to the Catholic faith? Let's do that when we come back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The book of James tells us that there are some people that have devilish wisdom. Mm -hmm. Devilish wisdom. I would say that Father James Martin is one of those people in a Roman collar that has devilish wisdom. He's also devilishly heretical. The article says, I'm currently under Twitter suspension again, this time for offending the sensibilities of, of, of big gay. I dared suggest that gay men were inordinately attracted to young men and even boys. While I'm banished to the social media nether regions, no pun intended, the, ch- the chaplain of big gay, Father James Martin, is at it again. So, it started when the Catholic League tweeted. So this is Bill Donahue. He's the one that said this. Yep. For the Catholic League, president of the Catholic League. Bill Donahue from the Catholic League tweeted, quote, It's true that Pete Buttigieg is legally married, but that is legal fiction, close quote. A, a very true statement. Absolutely true. Yeah. For those unaware, Pete Buttigieg is currently the U.S. Secretary of Transportation a former Catholic who's now Episcopalian. Yep. He supposedly married another man, Ch- Chastin Glesman, in a private ceremony at the Episcopal Cathedral of St. James in South Bend, Indiana, in 2018. Father Martin, Jesuit, who opines incessantly on social media about all things gay, of course, yep. could not let that statement of plain Catholic as well as natural law teaching go and challenge that was put out by William Donahue. So Father James Martin responded simply, quote, Pete Buttigieg is married, close quote. This is typical Father James Martin fair. He makes a statement 
that he clearly wants to be interpreted in a heretical way, but is written so that he has plausible deniability if by some miracle a church hierarch should challenge him or it. Remember that the Catholic League acknowledged that Buttigieg is legally married, but called it a legal fiction. So when Father Martin says that Buttigieg is married without any qualifier, the most plain meaning, and the one Martin wants you to have is that Buttigieg's gay marriage is a true marriage, not just a legal one. At the same time, Father Martin's lack of a qualifier allows him some wiggle room were he to be challenged by a superior. He could just claim, hey, I was just talking about the legality of the marriage under U.S. law. I wasn't saying it was the same as a heterosexual marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, Terry, it's interesting. Father James Martin is as sly as a snake. Big time. But he's not as innocent as a dove. No, that's for sure. But he's as sly as a snake. Yeah, and you know, Bishop Strickland, I had him on yesterday. It will be broadcast on Tuesday. He went after uh, this Jesuit also, uh, Martin, and uh, called him out, and he, he was even stronger than the Catholic League. He said, no, no, uh, he's not married. In the eyes of God, that's not a marriage. Marriage, and then he defined it really clear to Martin. He said, marriage is between one man and one woman. End of story. I like what Bishop Strickland says because it's so clear and biblical rather than saying, oh, okay, we'll acknowledge that he's married in the eyes of the state. No, no. We, I don't even, I mean, I get that the state yeah. is saying, but you know what, Jesse? The state's wrong. The state's wrong. Thank you. And yeah. Bishop Strickland said, no, 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 he's but not married. Just law. It's a, marriage is between one man and one woman, end of story. So Father James Martin, uh, you know, but Father James Martin and Bishop Strickland have been going at it for years. And uh, unfortunately, um, uh, Father Martin has not been censured like he should be. He shouldn't even be having faculty. He, he should be laicized, myself, in my, in my opinion, because he's misrepresenting the Catholic Church teachings. But unfortunately, nothing happens to him. Terry, I think Father Martin is a practicing homosexual, and I'll tell you why. Oh, you think? Uh, I'll tell you why. Well, no, number one, common sense. Somebody who, who advocates for such a position oh, so yeah, hard. Oh, yeah, their actions. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to pacify their conscience. They're trying to justify their, their... They're trying to put their conscience at ease because they're doing the same thing. Also, St. Jerome, so I'm going to go to a doctor of the church. He yeah. says this. Yeah, tell us. It is rare to find a heretic that loves chastity. I remember that line. That's such a great line. St. Jerome, it is rare to find a heretic... Yeah. That loves chastity. So, in other words, Father Martin is a material heretic. Yes. And he's a Catholic priest, Terry, so you can actually call him a formal heretic, though. I'm he not, should know, but yeah, let's make yeah, the he should, he'd know, material is that he doesn't yeah. know it, and we give him that benefit. Maybe he doesn't know it, but I, I would be surprised that uh, he's knowing highly he's educated. educated. No, I don't think so, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I think he's a formal heretic, and St. Jerome says that a heretic, uh, it's hard to find one that loves chastity. Yeah. And, oh, well and, said. Yeah, it just it just he nails and it. In, it, it. He just nails it right there. The reason he bucks so hard for this position is because he's unchaste himself. And I'm just leaning on Father Jerome. Not that I've seen Father, you know, not that I've lived with uh, Father James Martin or, or know what happens in his bedroom. I'm just leaning on a doctor of the church. Yeah. Going back to the article, in making such Weasley statements, Martin, Father Martin imitates that master liar, Satan. In the Garden of Eden, the devil urged Eve to eat the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. When Eve objected uh, objected that God told her that she would die if she did, 
the old snake responded, you will not die. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 and 4. In a certain sense, the devil is telling the truth. After all, Eve eats the fruit. She doesn't immediately drop dead. But of course, Satan's half-truth conceals his lie. Yeah. For he knew that by eating the fruit, Eve will die. She will break her communion with God and be under the reign of sin and death. So as we can see, Martin's playbook is as old as mankind itself, tracing all the way back to our first parents' fall. His ambiguous, partially true statement is far more effective than an outright lie. It allows those who want to be deceived to claim a Catholic covering for their deception, and it fools the naive into letting Martin off the hook. Later, Martin feigned shock at the considerable backlash to his tweet. Surprised this got so much attention, like it or not, Pete Buttigieg is legally married, he says. You may disagree with same-sex marriage or not, but at Secretary Pete is married in the eyes of the state. And his church, as much as anyone else's, to claim otherwise is to ignore reality. Yeah, he's not in reality. That's what Strickland called him. He says, reality is marriage is between a man and a woman, dude. Get with it. Yeah. And St. Thomas says, the, the, the truth is conforming yourself to reality. Exactly. That's the definition of truth. St. Thomas, conforming oneself to reality. But of course, Martin wasn't, was not surprised. He got the exact reaction he intended by the words he used. He wanted people to believe he was putting Buttigieg's fake marriage on par with the marriage between a man and a woman. Yep. Perhaps, if this was the first time Martin had made such a two-faced statement, we might give him the benefit of the doubt. But it's clear from his history that he uses these statements to further push for his heretical desire to normalize homosexual relations. That's a fact. When dealing with the devil or his minions, Catholics need to, to oppose half-truths and ambiguities with clear, direct, and, and fully true statements. Great advice. In this situation, we need to state directly that Father James Martin is a heretic yep. who should not be allowed to continue his public ministry as a Catholic priest. If we mitigate that truth in any way... Trying to defend Martin or giving him the benefit of the doubt, we simply fall for the trap designed by the devil himself and practiced to perfection by Martin. I just want to mention Eric Salmon. Uh, he is the editor for uh, the Crisis magazine. He's a convert to the Catholic faith, and I, I thank God when these converts come in. And I remember talking to him years and years ago. Dr. Hans had a lot of influence with him <clears throat> coming into the church. And, uh, you know, he speaks very clear, and this is what we need yeah. today. Thank you, uh, Eric Sammons from Crisis Magazine. Also, you might want to start subscribing or at least get on the Internet. Crisis Magazine has always great articles for you to review. Yeah, Terry, uh, uh, Crisis is a wonderful resource. Yeah. Uh, one of the phrases that uh, is used by the instructors at Liber Christo, Father, Father Ripperger, Kyle Clement, and, and Dan Schneider, mm -hmm. is people who traffic in lying— they call them talking snakes. Ooh, Father Martin is a talking snake with a Roman collar mm -hmm. because from his rhetoric, it's obvious to me that Father Martin has some psychological compatibility with the demon of homosexuality. Yep. And, and why do I say that? Father Malachi Martin, back in the 60s, he used this term called perfect possession, that there are some people that have aligned their will with a demon's will. And that's called, Father Ripperger calls that psychological compatibility with a demon. This means that there's a symbiotic relationship with each other, the human person and the demon. And so somebody like Father Martin, 
and somebody who has perfect possession, they'll have no reaction to holy objects or receiving holy communion. Why? Because they have psychological compatibility with a demon, so they operate and function quite normally like you and I do. Yeah. Diabolical manifestation only occurs when one's will is in conflict with the demons. Wow. When your will is aligned with the demon, there's no diabolical physical manifestation. Incredible. Psychological compatibility is a relationship with a demon, which I believe Father James Morton has. Jesse, that was very insightful there, that what Father Chad and his group came up with. And again, you know, Father, Ch Father um, James Martin has been named onto papal committees by Pope Francis. Uh, you know, there's a reason we brought both of them up, because I, I'm convinced they're both giving out disinformation on what yes. the Catholic Church teaches. And it's yeah. hard for me to have to say that. He's the Pope, and this yeah. is a Jesuit with, with degrees, and I'm a, a layman who knows my what I call the perennial teachings of the church. But let's be honest. They're not giving us what the church teaches, and we have to call yeah. them out in a gentle and also a loving yeah. way. Let me get a little bit medical here. When it comes to smoking and drinking, the left wants to discourage it. And that's fine. I got no, no dog in the fight. Yeah. So then why don't we discourage homosexual sodomy? Because from a purely biological exactly. perspective, yep. sodomy, even apart from the transmission of AIDS, Sodomy is an intrinsically unsanitary and pathological act. Well said. In addition, the practice of sodomy has been a primary reason why AIDS has been so readily transmitted and fostered amongst homosexuals. Because the homosexual lifestyle is wrought with acts of violence and humiliation among its practitioners, namely sodomy. Well, remember the church's last canon, canon law says, what's the church's purpose? Salvation of souls. Okay, that's what we are here at Virgin Most Powerful. We have no other agenda except help people find Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, and get to heaven. Jess Romero, what state should we be living in, brother? Yep, let's live in the state of sanctifying grace. Don't live in the state of mortal sin. The lukewarm will have many friends here on planet Earth, but guess what? In eternity, they're going to live in darkness. Pray your rosary every day. Read your Bible every day. Be holy or die trying. Terry. Well said, and don't forget, Our Lady of Fatima said it well. And I can practice this now that I'm not feeling so well. Offer up all your sufferings for the salvation of souls. She said it. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to make sacrifices for them and pray for them. So I'm going to pray for everyone, but specifically our leaders in our church tonight from 7 to 9. You're welcome to come join us because this is where the rubber meets the road. Yes. Where we can be praying for our leaders. May God richly bless you.